In this week's update, US indices at the crossroads and looking challenged. Chile decision, the beginning of the end for South American resources. And gold pummeled again. My name's Gary Davis. As always, this is general advice only. And please remember to like and subscribe to the video. All right, let's start with the market perspective. The US indices, to my mind, are starting to lose momentum. It's, it's nothing that you can really you know, point out and feel confident about, but there's certainly a loss of momentum uh, in several respects. Uh, in particular, the, the market breadth is, is falling. Uh, we're seeing uh, more small caps and mid caps turning down. And so are the upside volumes. Now, it's not dramatic, but it might just be the first indicator. So just be aware that that, that sort of dynamic is starting to unfold. And we're seeing some divergences as well uh, with this. So all in all, it might amount to not a great deal, but then again, it could be the start of, um, of another decline. Is it a concern? Well, look, almost no one trades the index as such, but um, it does impact sentiment if indices go down and stocks that would otherwise be you know, fairly buoyant, fairly good value can be sold off on short-term sentiments. So that's that's the consideration. So what can we do about that? What can we control? Well, we just need to be sharper with, with our plan, clearer with our plan, uh, better at execution, and as much as possible, just try and make time the variable. Now, what I mean by that is that the upside potential in the stock price is almost a given. It's just a matter of when might be next week, next month, or next year. But as much as possible, if you can make time the variable and do everything else, controlling everything else as much as you can, buy great stocks, buy good valuations, buy them when they're technically attractive, then that's as much as we can do. Just control what we can control. American stocks, uh, the S&P was flat across the week, but the data points economically are certainly pointing to a slowing economy, <coughs> big pardon. There's, there's not much question about that. And there shouldn't be any surprise there because the bond market has been pointing to recession now for, um, gosh, the, the best part of a year. So it'll be, it'll probably be quite unusual if the US does not slip into recession. And if the Fed goes ahead in May and raises another quarter percent, then I think it's almost a given. There's also been a few disappointing earnings come through, and I'm not sure that those level of earnings reductions have been priced into many stocks. And to just complicate what was a fairly confusing picture, it was options expiry week, and that can always throw up price actions in the very short term that are actually meaningless. They're just a bit of market manipulation that don't uh, indicate a change in trend. US dollar index uh, ended up being steady for the week, uh, just uh, below 102. The 10-year yield uh, edged up a bit to 3.58. The VIX was lower at 16.8. And the 10-year, uh, two-year spread is still hanging around this 0 0.5, 0 0.6 negative uh, mark as it has been for uh, quite some period of time. So let's jump in, <coughs> pardon me, and have a look at the charts, this is the S&P, you can see net, we just didn't go anywhere. And if you look at the candles, the, the candle bodies themselves are getting smaller, a lot of indecision, we're opening and closing around about the same level. 
it's just really not going anywhere. And we're sitting up at this really important, what is now a, a triple top area around 41.80. So could we come back down again, back in down into this area here, or perhaps even down here? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's at the uh, at the index level. So that's the possibilities. Now, if we look at the, the important spread charts to tell us where the money flows are going, this is the uh, US large cap growth versus large cap value on a weekly chart. We've, we had a steep, steep sell-off from uh, November 2021 to um, December 2022. This year has been a strong rebound, but we've only really just come back up to the, to the breakdown level. Uh, on this ratio. So it's possible that this could turn back down again, but that's only a possibility at this stage. At the moment, you've got to say the short-term momentum uh, and the medium-term momentum remains uh, to the upside, but it certainly certainly bears watching. NASDAQ versus the S&P. It's come off a little bit, but look, you'd expect that. It, it just can't keep rising the way that it was. So a little bit of a pause in that ratio. The market has gone a little bit defensive, as we'll see. So you can see here over the last three months, XLK and XLC, two of the aggressive sectors, are still leading the way, but they're pointing down. And we've got uh, XLP, uh, which is consumer staples, so very much defensive, pointing up quite strongly. So it's trending quite strongly. So the market is going a bit defensive. Now, XLY, I think the relevance of it is sort of getting lost now because it's so heavily dominated by Amazon, which is going up and broke out on Friday, uh, and Tesla, which is getting pummeled because of their, their results. So XLY for me has is, is become, you know, it was, it was a really important indicator at the end of 2021 because it really did signal the change in direction in the market. Um, but I think uh, right at the moment, I'm not placing quite as much um, emphasis on that. XLV in healthcare also turning up. So there are the, uh, some of the major sectors. 1,000 growth versus 1,000 value on a, on a daily chart. It's pretty much saying what the weekly one did. And this is the small caps. Small caps, we're not seeing any real bias here between growth and value, it's just really sliding sideways at the moment. <clears throat> All right, moving on to the Australian market, uh, US, the Australian dollar uh, down to 66.2, uh, plunged a bit on Friday, I guess because commodity prices went down, even though the US dollar uh, was pretty stable. Our index was down 0.4% uh, uh, across the week, and a lot of that was in, in materials. And a good part of that is that China, that's been you know, manipulating commodity markets for years and years and years, um, uh, has made recent moves in lithium, obviously, that everybody knows about, and rare earths, but has also now stuck the pin in the iron ore prices as well. So that certainly impacted um, our iron ore majors, and, and uh, they have a significant impact on our index. So that's the... Uh, the Australian market, let's just have a quick look at that. Uh, before I do that, let's just look at the currencies. US dollar index, <clears throat> you'd have to say in the medium term, the US dollar index is heading back down again. And if this breaks here around about 100, 
then that's obviously going to be very good for um, for commodity prices and in particular for gold. And the Australian uh, Australian dollar <clears throat> certainly did drop on on Friday. Now turning to the A6200, down a little bit as you can see, nothing major. Candles all pretty small, so the market really doesn't know which way to go at the moment. But it was materials on Thursday and Friday that um, that did bear the brunt of the selling. Right, let's go to precious metals. This is gold on a weekly. We've ducked back down under $2,000 an ounce. Um, so it's finding it a bit hard to, to get through this level, but I guess you've you've got to expect that. There's a real, real tussle going on. With the price down on Friday, most of it was straight out selling. It wasn't the US dollar impact. So that, that was sort of fairly insightful, I thought. And this is it on a um, on a daily chart, but you can see a lot of fluctuation. At one stage on Friday, uh, gold was trading up at twenty thirty seven, and then finished down at nineteen eighty three. So it, it got hit quite hard. Now whether that is got something to do with options expiry, um, it you know it's possible. There's so many interrelationships and cross currents there that that you can never be sure. So I think for the moment, I'm I'll just let the jury decide on that, give it a few more days once we get past uh, the end of options expiry and the effects. Silver is outperforming gold at the moment and uh, is looking pretty buoyant actually. So that's the precious metals market down $21 and when we translate that into Australian dollars we've just dipped again under 3000 but that's still extremely profitable territory for Australian gold miners. And when we look at the precious metal stocks, there's a bit of been a modest pullback in GDXJ, uh, which is your global stocks, and includes stocks like Northern Star and Evolution Mining. Um, but the strong momentum in the gold sector remains locally. But as always, my preference for several years now has not been for the producers, it's been for the emerging producers that have got X factor in a tier one environment. It's just, again, it's just all about what, what can you do to de-risk your investment. Other commodities, uh, copper was down just a tick under $4. Nickel also dipped just under 11 And again, it's, it's really just recession fears taking over again. Crude oil dipped from around 82 uh, down to 78 <coughs> Turning to lithium, There's plenty happening in lithium at the moment. We've got a massive M&A uh, around the world at big premiums. And that makes a statement. You know, it really does. When you, when you step back and think about why would these companies that would know better than anybody what the real environment is in the lithium market, far more so than, you know, desk jockey analysts that are pontificating about supply and demand, why would the... Why would the majors be making these huge offers at big premiums if they weren't totally, totally confident about the future that was unfolding for lithium? It just, it just defies logic. Now, I know that it's happened in the past where companies have made acquisitions at the top of the cycle, but I think we're in a different cycle now. We're a different type of cycle now where the demand is not going to go away. You know, the decarbonisation energy transition theme is going to make a different, I believe, for, for many commodities than what we've ever seen in the past. Because demand 
went up and demand went down. But now we've got something where the demand is not going to go down. It's just going to keep increasing. Governments are just too committed to this uh, to this process now. And, in, and indeed, the community is too committed to the process. So I think that makes a really big statement about uh, about the outlook. Um, so this is a time when you, you really want to put your contrarian hat on because prices are being really pressured at a time when the outlook is just getting stronger and stronger. So, you know, valuations have now become much more attractive. I think this, the sell-off with uh, lithium producers has been totally overdone. Um, doesn't mean the prices can't go down further for a bit longer, but I think we're pretty close to the bottom and I think we're pretty close to the bottom in time as well. So massive contrarian opportunity. Now, the only overrider that's now come up in the last day or so is that uh, Chile is now effectively going to nationalise their um, their lithium industry. Um, you know, Peru has been making noises about similar things for, sorry, for some time now. Um, so I think the whole, or maybe not the whole, we'll leave Argentina out of it at the moment, but certainly Chile, Peru are areas that you've got an element of sovereign risk now that I just don't think we need. And we've got so many alternatives, you know, in copper, in lithium, in rare earths. You've got so many alternatives in Australia, the US and Canada that why go anywhere else? You know, to me, it just doesn't make sense. You've now got a big risk element. So just just avoid it. So I think that's um, that's probably the, the huge development of the week. And it's going to be to the detriment of these countries. Now, I sort of get on one, one hand why, they, why they're doing it, but the reality is they, they can't nationalise their industry and expect the investment required and the, and the skills expertise required to, um, to keep that industry running. So efficiency and scale is going to suffer. All right, so when it comes to lithium you can either allow yourself to get derailed by focusing on the short-term price or the short-term price declines. And it's, you know, it's easy to do. We get, we get caught in the moment, prices go down week after week, month after month, and it just wears on you. You know, I understand that. But you can look over the short-term horizon to where prices are going to be next year and two and three and five years out from here. And it's going to be very buoyant. Um, and if you look at, just for one example, UBS targets for the lithium majors are well above current levels. In some cases, 30, 40, 50% above current levels for the major producers. Now, that doesn't mean that the prices will go there. Um, you know, investment analysts get it wrong in both directions constantly, but it's just a bit of an indication about the value that certainly is there in the lithium majors. And if you look at the uh, Alchem quarterly, that that really confirms it. The um, you know the buoyancy and the valuation of these uh, these stocks. So, you know, I remain as enthused as ever around uh, the lithium space. This is spot copper chart came off a little bit to just under four, and there's sorry, there's the nickel chart also. Wrapping it up. I think you just got to find ways to try and lower the risk is, is the key message I'd, I'd like to project this week. You want to look for stock. Obviously, stock selection is absolutely critical. You want to look for earnings that are almost a given, earnings growth, 
almost a given. Um, valuations at historical lows. Um, make sure that your technical entry is at a point of oversold so that the sellers are, are pretty much done and, and you're down to a very likely reversal. And then look for that reversal confirmation. So just de-risk, de-risk as much as possible. And, and of course, if you've, we've all got our favourite stocks, the stocks that we want to own, just don't chase the prices. In this sort of environment, if you miss it today, there's every chance you're going to get it next week because this is a pretty, uh, pretty nervous market. Compartmentalise is something that I've been talking about with members. And, you know, we do a lot of this uh, in the Insiders Club and Portfolio Analyst about just how can we de-risk? How can we position size so that we can deal with the volatility that is possible? Portfolio Analyst last week, it was about managing short-term fluctuations. And also I looked at the graphite market and presented um, some of the key elements of my watch list on graphite. All right, that's it for this week. There's more information on the website. There's my email address. I'll be back with you next Sunday. Cheers.